Yes, everybody, I'm back with my boy, Just Blaze. Just, give me a hot take to start this off, baby. Let's go. Josh, my man, um, some people I know, they might kill me for this. Well, I, actually, I've been saying this since the beginning of the year. But I'm saying, man, I've been thinking, doing a lot of thinking this uh-huh. year. I've been watching the season. Mm-hmm. And the Miami Heat are going to the NBA Finals, man. No! Come on, <laughs> Josh! I'm telling you, hear me out. Okay, hear go ahead, go ahead. Hear me out. Go ahead. The Miami Heat, right? right? I really think they have a strong shot of winning the East, first of all, because okay. um, I think, well, I'll just say first, I think they have the most potential of any team other than the Bucks, clearly, because the Bucks are the number one seed. Um, I think to me, they're like a de- the, the definition of like a dark horse contender. They're a mid pack team, fourth in the East right now. Um, they beat every, they're the only team to beat every top team in the East. They beat the Bucks twice. They beat the Raptors twice. They beat Philly three to one. The only team they didn't beat out of the East, I believe, is the Celtics. I believe they're 0 2 against them. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a, they got a great bench. They Facts. got some great young talent. Facts. They got, they got two all stars. Facts. They got a, they got a great coaching staff. Facts. Think about it. They got a couple of playoff vets in Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic and Iguodala and Jake Fox. <laughs> a couple of strong vets. Facts, right? facts, and, yeah. Um, and they, they are the most conditioned team, probably top three in the league because you know Pat Riley. They always are. Body fat down there. Always they are. Always so, are. So, you know, in this kind of, in this kind of unique environment where conditioning is probably going to be the number one factor and it's like new bubble, this new restart. I think those Heat boys are ready to go, and they're like 11-D, Josh. 11-D. Wow, that's a hot take, man. That's a nice hot take to come back to. Everybody stick around. More of that on The Dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. The NBA is coming back, or is it? The Lakers are favorites to win the title going into the bubble. Should they be? And the eighth seed in the West is wide open, or is it? My guests and I give our takes on some of the biggest storylines going into the bubble. Check out NBA Twitter and do a little pole dancing. But first, if you want, you can follow The Dime on Twitter at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts and please leave a comment or review saying how much you love the show. You can call into The Dime hotline 805-826-3463. Leave a question or comment to be aired on the show. That is 805-826-3463. You can diss me. You can compliment me. Just just keep it civil, people, please. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. And right now, it is time for me to introduce to you my guest. He's the host of the Above the Rim podcast, one of the dopest NBA podcasts out there. I don't care what network you listen to or what series of podcasts you listen to when it comes to the NBA. You have to add this to your Rolodex of podcasts. I highly recommend it. Trust me, you're going to know his name soon if you don't know it now. Please welcome to the show my boy, Just Blaze. Oh, Josh, my brother. Appreciate the dope intro, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Uh, tell everyone a little about yourself, where they can find you on social media, how to subscribe to your podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, of course. Um, Above the Rim Podcast, uh, new episodes every Wednesday. You can find me on Twitter at Just Blaze, J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. On IG, it's the same, Just Blaze 513. Like, subscribe, share the show. My man Josh, you're a frequent guest there. Definitely got to have you on there soon because we know you are the mellow bodyguard. <laughs> anti. anti <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, man, family, check me out, man. 
Josh, appreciate you bringing me on once again to the Don, brother. No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, before we get into it, man, it's been a while. I, I haven't had an episode in about two months, and I was thinking about who I wanted yeah. to bring on. And I haven't had you on in a while, so I'm glad I'm glad that you're back on, especially with that hot take you just gave in the beginning. That is certified fire. <laughs> that is that's a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. Not not something like well, me out. I think the Lakers are gonna win it. That's not a hot take. No. Saying the Heat are going to the finals, that is a hot take. And we're going to talk about that more definitely in the segment coming up, which is pole dancing. Yes, let's go pole dancing. You heard that right. It's time to go pole dancing. I put up three polls on my Twitter account, at the Dime NBA. My followers vote on them. And my guests and I break down the results and give you our unfiltered opinion. Just, I don't know if you saw the polls, but let's get into it. The first one was, who will be the eighth seed in the Western Conference? These were the results. The Suns, Spurs, and Kings all came in at 0%. No love there. The Grizzlies at 22.7%. The Pelicans at 27.3%. And the Portland Trailblazers coming in at 50%. Just, what do you think of that? I 100% agree, man. I'm on the Blazers train as well. I think um, they are going to get into the AC. And I actually am rooting for them to get into the AC. Mm. And for the, for the sole reason that I think they are the best competition for those Lakers. And those Lakers cannot have a free pass in round one. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, I think the Grizzlies are too young. That's the only reason I don't think they're any match for the Lakers. I think it will be a nice, clean sweep. I do like the Pelicans. Nice, strong, young team. But they're not ready yet. So they might get a, um, they might be out of there with a gentleman sweep. And the Blazers, though, they have a couple of vets. Dave Lillard, we know he's good for about a 40-point game every now and again. Melo will give you a strong, your boy will give you a strong 12 to 18, maybe in the playoffs. On 4 or 14 <laughs> shooting. On 4 or 14 shooting. It, could, <laughs> it, could, it could, could be. Now, you may be right, but you know right. what, though? They're actually making LeBron work, though. I think he'll make true. LeBron play some defense. That's true. And um, CJ, CJ McCollum there. And they, got their, and they got their young bigs back. They got Nurkic back. Yep. Um, is Collins playing? I believe Collins will be playing. He should be back. He will be playing. Okay, good. So the... They are missing Trevor Reason, so that is going to yeah. be a problem for them. That's why they, I don't think they will win, but I do think they can push it to six. I'm there for the Blazers. Nice, man. I, that's who I would vote for, too. I'd, I'd pick the Blazers as the eight seed in the Western Conference. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the way the playing tournament thing would work, it's if the eighth and ninth seed are, I think, under four games within each other, there would be a playing tournament where the ninth seed would have to beat the eighth seed two times, basically, two times in a row to take that eighth seed yeah. from the eighth seed. So the way I think it's going to happen, the Grizzlies right now, they are in the eighth seed. I, I have a feeling... Um, it's going to be Blazers-Pelicans. I really think that's what's going to happen. I think the Grizzlies are going to slip a little bit. You know, they're a young team. I don't think they're going to be mentally tough to go into this bubble and perform well. I think the Blazers are by far the best team out of this bunch going into the bubble. I mean, they're not your average 8 seed. They're probably more of like a 3, 4, 5 seed, depending on how high you are on them. And I agree with you. You know, they're probably going to be the most competition for the Lakers. I, I wouldn't pick them to beat the Lakers. I've seen some takes on Twitter saying that the Blazers could beat the Lakers or will beat the Lakers. I don't. I wouldn't take it that far. But it would be a nice, entertaining yeah. first round series i would they'll t- make them work They'll yeah work. oh yeah absolutely I would, I would take the lakers in five i could see it going six uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it went six it would surprise me if the blazers beat the lakers but it, it would definitely be the most fun one eight matchup that i seem think we've seen in a while um because the one eight matchup yeah. is usually trash so I'm, I'm i'm rooting for the blazers i'm hoping for the blazers i want to see blazers pelicans in a play-in series i want to see it go two <laughs> not seven but two <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but I don't know yeah. if you know this too, but do you see do you see low key how the NBA did that schedule kind of favorable to to the Pelicans? They have the easiest schedule, I believe, by far of all the teams coming back to twenty two teams. 
and and um, all of them are on ESPN, and they have a few games, I believe, against the Grizzlies, and I believe against the Suns too, on the Kings. A lot of teams in their talent level bracket, right. so they definitely can get into that plan. But I'm hoping the Blazers get there as well because it'll be it'll be fun. You know, the league won Zion. That's what it is. I mean, of course. yeah, they want Zion versus LeBron. They want that. That's that's where the money's at. I mean, I would love to watch that too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but like you said, I can't see the Pelicans taking more than one game from the Lakers. It'd be an entertaining four yeah. or five oh, game series m- at best. Maybe it'll be a it'll be a quick spanking, Josh. Yeah, quick it would spanking. Be. It would be. It absolutely would be. Yeah. All right, so we, we're in agreement mm-hmm. on that one, and so are my followers, the Blazers, representing the Western Conference with the eight seeds. Let's move on to the next poll question. Sleeper team to win the chip. We already answered this one, but let's see what my followers said. The Sixers came in at 7.1%, the Celtics 14.3%, the Heat 21.4%, and the Houston Rockets, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this was you last year. This probably would have been your answer at (laughs) 57.1%. Listen, you you gave your your explanation for the Heat. I assume the explanation for the Rockets is Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Small ball to me kind of worries me. I don't like necessarily going against a team like the Lakers who has Anthony Davis and all that length. Even other teams, like let's just say the Blazers, for instance, Nurk and Collins are going to completely dominate the Rockets if they go against them. Um, Other teams are big. You know, who's going to guard Porzingis if you're playing the Mavs? The the Clippers can go big. I mean, I I just can't see the Rockets really doing much with that small ball lineup. Um, Russ has to shoot the three better. Harden's going to dominate the ball. I, I understand why people like the Rockets because they're a sexy team to root for if you like superstars, but I, I just don't like the way... I don't like what they turned into, man. And I, I know you used to root for them. So what do you think of the Rockets, what they turned into? Yeah, I think right now I, I see where where the people on the poll were going and that's the same way ESPN was going. So they're pretty much like following that same ESPN mm-hmm. narrative art, which is picking the Rockets as a sleeper team. But to me, they're like the easy pick. Like right? they're the convenient pick for us a sleeper team because they're an easy wild card because you really don't know what you're going to get the Rockets. If they're hitting their shots, they're going to be great. If they're not hitting their threes, they're not going to be great. Sometimes they play defense. Sometimes they're motivated. Sometimes they're not motivated. Right. It depends. Um, so the Houston, obviously the Houston Rockets are the biggest wild card because they don't have that stability as they once had with the point guard on the rock. Right. Yeah. Talk so to him. Talk to him, baby. Let's go. <laughs> they don't have that. They don't have that stability. So, um, but they are a wild card, wild card. And I do like Russ, man, because I tell you right now, I think Russ is going to be an animal in this restart. Um, because I think he's one of the best conditioned athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those type of athletes will do really well. And I really think he's really going to have some fire, um, in his belly when, when, uh, when we come back, it's going to be like an open gym. So that's great for Russ. Yeah, listen, I, I'm not a fan of Russ's yeah. game, but he did turn a corner this year when he stopped shooting threes. And I think if he can continue just to drive the ball and take better shots and, and his shot selections on point, that's the Russell Westbrook that I can stomach. Because when he's jacking up threes out of control, I I, I can't stand that. I, I really don't like that at all. And a lot of people chalk it up to like, well, he just wants to win the game. He plays really hard. And it's like, no, I don't care how hard <laughs> you play. You're playing your team out of the game. And he does that constantly. Yeah. So he's not someone I particularly like watching, but he did turn the corner this year. He stopped taking so many threes. And I think D'Antoni got in his head that like, hey, listen, this is what's best for you. You should continue to do this. But at the same time, it's like they don't really develop rhythm outside of, you know, just get the ball in to, into someone's hands and go isolation. And, and that's what worries me about the Rockets. They don't have anything outside of that where they can just get P.J. Tucker going or Austin Rivers going or someone else going to contribute to beat a Lakers in seven or a Clippers in seven. So I think they might be exciting to watch yeah. for a little bit, but I can't really see them being a sleeper winning the championship. 
Oh, they, uh, to me, they're definitely not winning the championship at all. I think they're right. going to go to the second round, but they're going to be a second round and out team. I think. And also, when I look at D'Antoni, he's an enabler. So it enables just Russell Westbrook, I guess, to be Russell Westbrook and it allows him right. to make all the mistakes he can because he still made a lot of mistakes this year. But now it's because they're mostly reliant on those Russ's, Russ either mistakes or the positives that he brings, which is his energy. So we'll see how the Rockets do, but... Real quick though, can we get back to the heat though? Real yeah, quick. let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Here's my <laughs> thing with the, you. Can I, can I give you a rebuttal? Yeah. I, I I don't think Go you ahead. can. I don't think Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a on a team and win a championship. Or, or, okay, that's one. Two, the Heat were really effing good at home, but they weren't that good on the road. Now you're playing on a neutral court. I'm not saying that, you know, home court advantage is that big of a deal in the NBA. It does play a little bit of an advantage. No one's going to have a home court advantage, but I'm interested to see if the neutral court is going to kind of mess up their swag a little bit. They are young. I like Duncan Robinson. I like Tyler Hero. I like a lot of their players. I just don't think that they're, they're there yet. I think they're a year away and a piece away, if that makes any sense. They're going to be exciting. I think they definitely make it to the second round. It wouldn't surprise me to make the Eastern Conference Finals. But to me, I, I just can't see it. I I personally, I would take the Sixers over them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. now can I have a rebuttal to your a- rebuttal? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now, let me, now, now, I like how you said when you talked about the Heat that they have um, a great home court rec- record because that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, they do... They don't really struggle on the road, but they're kind of like a mediocre team. They're average. They're average, which is okay. Yeah, they're average on the road, which is okay. But also, a lot of those losses on the road were to West Coast teams. And that's why I think they're going to go to the finals because their record against the East, I believe they're like 14 and 9 or something like that against plus 500 teams or something. So they have a pretty good record against plus 500 teams. But against the East, they have a really good record. And they beat every single top team in the East except for the Celtics, like I said before. I don't think they're going to be playing the Celtics because of the way the brackets. I, I kind of think the Heat are going to finish like four. The Bucks are definitely going to be in first place. And why I think they're going to go to the finals is because I think in the second round, they're probably going to play the Bucks, And I think they're going to shock the Bucks because I believe the Heat are the only team that can beat the Bucks in the East. Really? Other than the, other than the yes. I think, I, I, I think the Raptors can. can. I think the Raptors can, but tell me why. You think so? I don't yeah. think the Raptors can. I don't think they have enough firepower, in my opinion, okay. the Raptors. Okay. But the Heat, I think, are the only team that have enough bodies to match up with Giannis and can actually slow him down in transition. I don't know if you remember, there was a game that they played. Like I said, they, they played the Bucs. Um, they're 2-0 against the Bucs. They beat them both games. Right. And one of the games, Giannis had is probably his worst performance of the season. He was like 6 for like 18 or 6 for 20. Right. Um, and they had a lot of guys running at him. They had Crowder running at him. They had Adebayo running at him. Um, Iguodala running at him. Jimmy Butler running at him. They had a lot of guys that can, five or six guys they had that can slow down um, Giannis. But what I think the will be the Heat's Achilles heel and which could hinder them is that they don't really have a closer and someone who can easily score in the clutch. And that to me, I think is yeah, the issue. I, I, now, I think Jimmy's actually kind of underrated in that aspect. I did say he can't be the best player he on your clutch. team. But he is clutch. But he is clutch. Mm-hmm. But I, what I like about the Heat, and I'm going to compliment them right here, is that they have different sets of offenses, right? You can run like Bam yes. at the top, have him run point forward and, and run an offense through them. You can run the offense through Jimmy Butler. Like they have a lot of different options. They have shooters on the wing, so they're, they're going to spread you out and the, the paint's not going to be too crowded. So I, I do think they're very versatile. I just think they're a year away. So like a team for that's me. Fair. Yeah, that, that's really all it is for me. I do like them a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the 
Raptors have better team chemistry right now. The Heat's chemistry seems to come and go for me. I've, I've watched a few of their games, and a lot of the games that I've seen, coincidentally, were them on the road. Like, I I, I saw the Clippers' mm-hmm. Heat game, and I just wasn't impressed by them. They just kind of seemed to mm-hmm. to jack up a few shots. I, I like Kendrick Nunn, but I feel like he he kind of forced a little things here and there. And I don't know. I just feel like the chemistry's not all the way there yet, but it can be. Whereas mm-hmm. teams like the Raptors and the Celtics, they're a year ahead. The Sixers, who are having chemistry issues, to me, they're the most talented team in the East. If they got their act together, if Brett Brown, who I particularly don't have faith in, but if he if he was able to come up with some type of scheme for the Sixers going into this bubble, I think they're they're better than the Heat. Like they're more talented and everything. So I I just think there are other teams I like more than them right now. The Sixers are yeah yeah, and and the the Heat go the the Heat have like ten eleven players in their rotation. You're right about that. You're right about the Sixers though. They got about twelve. If if you go down the roster, they got about eleven dudes they could throw in. Myers Lennon coming back too, or Lennox. So yeah, you like the Sixers though. It's not that I like this. It's it's the it's the ceiling that I like. You know, I, I see that ceiling and it just makes it, it's hard. It's hard to not pay attention to. You know what I mean? Um, so if I'm going to pick a sleeper team, it would be them. I wouldn't necessarily go through the bracket and pick them. But if you're gonna be like, hey, Josh, just pick one team who you think no one's thinking of that can make it to this to the finals or win a championship. But you know, the Sixers, they have the talent to do so. So that that would be my thinking I- in a sleeper team. And that's why I would pick the Sixers. I hate. Can I clarify one thing? Absolutely. When I say the Heat, I don't mean that they're. I don't mean that they're going to win the chip because I don't think they're going to win the title. Okay. I think they can win the East. Is what right. I'm always saying. Gotcha. I think they can win East because to me they can't beat any West team, but the East teams, I believe they can beat. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the final question, and this is one that I've had conversations with privately at at my job, and I'm actually kind of shocked at the results of this poll. Question was, will the NBA finish the season? Just simply, will they finish it? 78.6% said yes. Personally, I don't think they will, man. I And I don't know how you feel, Josh. I'll state my case first, and then maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. But I just feel like too many things can go wrong. You know, they're playing in Orlando, Florida. Florida cases of COVID are going through the effing roof. I know they're in a bubble. But if one person catches the virus, that's it. I mean, you cannot take the chance of an NBA player getting sick based off of playing in a bubble in Orlando. And I'm not really confident in the way the government is running this. I'm not confident in the way the state of Florida is running this. I know the NBA can only do so much. So for me, if if one person gets it, you're going to have to shut everything down pretty much. You know, we're talking about sleeper teams and we're talking about who's going to win the eighth seed. At the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to matter because I'm not sure they're going to finish all this, man. So I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I actually disagree with you, bro. Okay. I actually, I actually think they will finish the season. I hope they do. Um, I hope I'm I wrong. Think, yeah. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm definitely optimistic. Actually, I'll start there. <laughs> I'm definitely optimistic that they will because I hope they will finish the season. But, um, so when you, when, when you say that, cause I was thinking about that as well. If, cause I agree with you about if one player catches a virus, then it's pretty much a wrap after that. Mm-hmm. But my thing is how, how will, one of the players catch the virus if they aren't leaving the bubble. So with COVID, you don't necessarily know when you get it, right? Like you can catch the virus, but it won't show up in testing like 10 to 14 days later. So you might have someone who enters the bubble and it could be an employee. It could be a coach. It could be anybody. It can be a reporter who I know reporters are going in and out. You know, they can catch the virus, not know that they caught the virus, test negative. And while they're in the bubble, transmit the virus to somebody else. And I'm sure they're all going to take precautions, social distancing, um, wearing masks and everything like that. But I just, it's for me, the way that Orlando is handling the situation, the state of Florida is handling the situation, you know, they're going into a very, a very infected 
area of the country, like literally the most infected area of the country. So it's for me, it's hard for me to believe that not one person is going to contract the virus, especially because there's still things we don't know about the virus, how it spreads. I know it's, you know, it spreads more indoors than it does outside, but Mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem like it's possible or rational to believe that there's not going to be one person who doesn't contract the virus. And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I do. But, you know, the I think the Blazers yeah. are at the facilities now. The Magic are at the facilities right now. Um, yeah. I think the Heat left today. I think the, th- the Thunder got there today. Yeah, I the Thunder too. got there today, too. So it's yeah. like, you know, a lot of these guys, everyone who's there tested negative. Now, what if, like, they caught the virus, like, 10 to 14 days ago? No one knows because they tested negative. Now, all of a sudden, the Thunder had but it. See, but, but see, does that, does that even make sense? Like, how could they get it? 10 to 14 days ago, but they it doesn't, get tested it, it, negative. It, it, and then they get tested every day there. Cause that's what they that's, they're going to be yeah, doing. That's true. Every day. That's true. So to me, I know it's, I definitely agree with you that it's a very high risk of, of one of the players catching it and everything yeah. like that. I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, number one, I hope they don't let reporters go in and out of bubble because then that would be counterintuitive for what they are trying to do as in to isolate and keep and, keep the virus out i would assume they would let reporters in and out but um i mean it's definitely a high risk like i said but they do they are taking the proper precautions they are getting tested every single day like they've been saying i think the key is making sure no players leave the bubble so they gotta relax and, and and stay there at least for two months man no, I agree. I agree. And this actually gets into everything I wanted to talk to you about too, like COVID and the NBA coming back and the consequences and maybe unintended consequences of everything. Just a question I have you, do you feel the NBA is forcing the issue, bring the league back? You know, is, is this something where we needed necessarily to have the NBA? Was it completely necessary? What, what do you think about all that? Well, one, I don't think they're forcing the issue, but mm-hmm. I do think, um, that they have a high incentive to bring the league back. Right. So it's kind of like tugging it in both ways because I do definitely feel like the owners wanted to come back. The league wants it to come back, but I think the players are still torn um, as far as reasonings to come back because on one hand, you kind of don't want to come back because there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. A lot of social justice, a lot of social injustice, excuse me, a lot of social reform. There's a lot of things that we're fighting for right now as people. But then on the other hand, if they don't come back, there is a possibility that they may have to forfeit their salary. Right. And because the and the NBA won't be generating any revenue if there are no players playing. So in turn, you may we don't know what's going on with some of these players. They do support a lot of people. Um, so that would basically be in maybe their minds or in a lot of people's mind. The owners are just keeping that money pretty much right? rather than spending it to the players or maybe it can be used somewhere else and maybe donating it to black businesses or whatever the case may be, whatever they would come up with. But I don't think that they're forcing players to come back. I do think the players are very willing to come back because they do care about basketball and the game itself. Um, I just hope that they are all coming back for the right reasons, which I think some of them are, most of them are. And I just hope they do the right things in terms of, keeping the awareness uh, of of what's going on right now and not um and stay focused as i always say my last episode stay focused man that's it so what does that mean to you staying focused because you know players like Kyrie Irving have come out and said that you know they don't want to take away from the message of the social activism going on in the country right now what does staying focused mean to you it's pretty much staying focused on the message and staying focused mm-hmm. on the goal uh what we want is 
not just equality. People think we're just fighting for equality. It's not just that. We're just fighting for everything, fighting for equal opportunities, which mm-hmm. all involve equality all in the whole. We're fighting for a lot of opportunities. We're just fighting for a fair hand, just a shake at the table. You get what I'm saying? A lot of people have been uh, blinded these some of some people their whole lives in some of the privileges that some people do have. So um, this is probably the, I wouldn't say the first time, but definitely the, the first time recently um, that a lot of people are becoming aware as into some of the privileges that they do have and how some people are don't have the same privileges that others have. And um, I really think right now when I say stay focused is that the message can't be lost. I know a lot of people may have protest fatigue or it's getting hot outside. People want to do their, do their own thing and everything like that. But the message still has to be sent across. And I'm hoping the league, I know they will be doing things like on Black Lives Matter on the court and things like that, which I do appreciate, but they do, there, there has to be a consistent message um, and a, and a constant message has to say all across the board when the league does come back. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw on your Instagram story, you posted some, a graphic that had the names on the back of the jerseys, what they're going to be doing. Like Rudy Gobert is going to have equality. CJ McCollum is going to be having uh, education reform on the back of his jersey, things like that. Are those things kind of like virtue signaling mm-hmm. to you or are they empty? Do you, do you feel like there can be other things that can be done in the name of social justice or, or do you have any ideas of how, you know, an NBA player can reach out to the to the community while still being in the bubble? Because, you know, that is a concern. Well, Lou Williams too said the same thing. He doesn't know if he wants to come back while this is going on in the country. But I think Austin Rivers made a good point where it was just basically like, well, we can still make an impact while in the bubble. So where do you stand on that? Do you have any ideas on how to make an impact while in the bubble? Um, It's definitely going to be difficult, but I feel like they can make an impact in kind of the same way that they were outside with most definitely by social media. I mean, it's not like they're taking away their phones. So they can still be talking about things. They can sure. still be posting things. And I think, I hope they make a few commercials, right. I think, and a few like very detailed commercials, like really important commercials. Um, I hope they do a lot of press talk, maybe in the post game interviews as well. Um, and maybe I guess somewhere down the line, I guess come up with maybe a unified front or a unified message amongst the players, because we know, I mean, they can't really do much because you can't systematically change anything. You can't ask the players to do anything like that because they have no legislative power to do anything, but their role to me is um, showing our brothers in a positive light and keeping the awareness going. And right. I think to me, that's the most thing that they can contribute is keeping the awareness going. That's because good. they yeah. are going to be the only sports on TV. So we know all races are going to be watching that no matter what. Facts. Facts. That's true. Yeah. And I, I think they can do it other ways too. You know, when you're in the bubble, like, you know, I work for uninterrupted. We're trying to get a podcast in that bubble. You know, the athletes do have voices and there's, there can be many different ways in which an athlete can have their voice heard. You know, the jerseys having things on the back of your jersey can be one uh, during post-game interviews, uh, halftime interviews, press conferences, things like that to make sure the message isn't lost. I mean, there's not only so much you can do while you're in a bubble, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do when you're locked inside your house during COVID as well. So yes. you know, to, to your point, to your point, I, I do think that it can be done in the bubble. They just have to have a unified message. You know, they aren't senators. They aren't a part of the House of Representatives. So there's not so much they can do, but they can lead by example by showing up, you know, putting on a show and and still speaking about it while they're playing. So I, I do think there's a lot of work that can be done there. 
Uh, they just kind of have to get creative with it and stay on message. And it seems like I, I give the NBA a lot of credit too, because it seems like everybody in that league, tip of the cap to Adam Silver, they have mm-hmm. had the same message as far as like, we do support the movement. It's just now, how are we going to do so going forward? And it would be nice if they had some type of meeting or another Zoom call, whatever they're doing behind the scenes to go forward where everybody can agree to terms. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do X, Y, Z, and then go from there. Yeah, but also, um, just to piggyback on that really quick, I don't, um, what I don't want is any of those players giving like empty speeches, like before every game. You get what I'm saying? Like empty speeches that, <laughs> right. that seem like re- rehearsed or, or it's not really spoken from the heart or, or if you're not equipped enough to give those speeches, cause not all the NBA players are equipped to give speeches well Facts. and can articulate themselves in the message that they want to give. Their intentions may be great. But not all of them can articulate that in the same way. And I don't want to leave any of our brothers out there uh, for for easy criticism over nonsense because we know the message can easily be died down by some jokes and Twitter can easily make fun of someone and and it becomes making fun of him rather than what he was talking about. So I definitely hope they think, hopefully they do those speeches correctly or tastefully, I should say. Right. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some on the first day of games, but I, I don't think after that they're going to yeah. anyone's gonna be grabbing a microphone talking before a game. But hey, I mean, you never know. And you were so right about NBA Twitter, man. They just take things and run with it. And then there's also an yeah. oppos- there's an opposition to the movement as well. So they're going to look at the first sign of hypocrisy or what they deem to yes. be hypocrisy. So, you know, in a way, if they're not unified, this can actually backfire. But I don't think it will. I think the NBA does have a good grasp on race relations and social issues in this country. So I'm confident going forward. They do. Um, yeah. Also, you know, just to switch the topic a little bit, you know, we're in, this is July and we're going to have basketball, which is really cool. August, we're going to have basketball. The season's going to go into September. I kind of like that, man. It's like usually around <laughs> this time, there's nothing to look forward to in, in the sports world. Yeah. How do you feel about maybe the the NBA dominating the summer? Sorry, MLB fans. Sorry, baseball fans. But maybe starting the season <laughs> around Christmas. No one starts watching till Christmas anyway because the foot because the football season's going on. NFL pretty much dominates that. So I I'm kind of in favor with maybe the season starting on Christmas and going into like August or September. What do you think about that? I'm a little torn on that because I do kind of like it. I do and I don't. I mean, yeah. I like basketball a little bit earlier. You know, I mean, Christmas is like, I mean, I watch basketball all year round. So I know a lot of people may not watch it until Christmas, but I watch it all year. I watch football all year too. So yeah, um, I I hear you on it. I, I don't know. To me, honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't mind basketball in the summertime because in the summertime, there isn't anything to watch. So if it if it deems more basketball in the summer, then I can deal right. with it. I'm good with it. Because yeah. it's basketball is 24-7 now anyway, but free agency. That's true. Uh, and, summer around, so. and summer league. And summer league. And summer league. So. That's true. That's a good point. I'm good with it. That's a good point. I, I just love the idea of basketball in summer. I don't know why. I do. Me too. <laughs> well, I'm going to love it. We're going to love it now because yeah, now it's basketball all uh, day. I can't all wait, day man. for about two months. I'm and, loving it. And I don't care that it's in a bubble. I don't care that there's going to be some players missing. I, I can't wait for it. But, you know, players are going to be missing and everything. And people are going to downplay whoever wins the championship because this person, may, this team may not have this person or this team may not have this person. That leads me to ask you, is there going to be an asterisk next to the champion's name this year? I mean, I still think it's going to be a hard championship to win. Whoever wins this, there's going to have to be some type of camaraderie, some type of team chemistry. I, I think it's a challenge in itself, but you know, 
LeBron's legacy, X, Y, Z, you know, if he wins, there are going to be some haters saying that, you know, there's an asterisk next to his name. If another team no. wins that, no one thinks that should have won the, the NBA championship. There's going to be some asterisk next to that name. So what do you think, man? I think we should come up with a solution right now. Is there an asterisk or is there not an asterisk? Nope, not at all. No asterisk. Mm. You win the title, you won, a, you won that damn title. Listen, I think this is going to be one of the most unique and honestly, one of the most difficult ways to win a title because... Um, a lot of those top teams, they can't rely on their home court advantage no more. True. So because they can't, because they can't rely on their home court advantage, and most importantly, we've never seen this before. Every team in the playoff race, the real teams in the playoff race, they're all healthy. So, so health is not a question. There's not gonna. There's no unless there's a freak injury. There's no lingering injuries going into the season, going into the playoffs. So everybody's ready. Everybody's healthy. So that camaraderie is gonna be important. The, the 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 conditioning is going to be important, and I think um, it's going to get very personal. I think um, in this in this NBA restart because a lot of players remember are going to be at some of the games too. So you're going to be playing against your peers. So I think it may be a little harder. It's a different aspect because some guys may not be as confident to play in front of their peers as they do in front of. Thousands of the people that they don't know. As that's, crazy as that's, that sounds. That's, that's actually interesting, yeah. Like like Dame is in the yeah. stands watching the Rockets play and Russell Westbrook's head or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> watching, from, watching like Sting from the stands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a little yeah. bit difficult. So yeah. imagine, imagine some of those young guys, some of those young guys who like look up to LeBron or whatever right. are playing against their team and LeBron's in the stands watching it like, damn. It's different when you're playing that's while true. he's watching you. That's true. And, and so you got to you gotta be extra confident. So that's why I think the veterans will actually shine in this restart because they already know they're the big dogs in the league. So it doesn't – y'all already know what I'm bringing to the table. I'm here. You know I'm here. So that's why I think a lot of the young guys might be a little nervous in the beginning because it's going to be like a practice. So there's a lot of a lot of cursing, a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving. A lot of that is going to be there. So it's going to be – you got to be real confident to actually – um, succeed. So no asterisk for me. Not at all. I'm with that. I'm with that as well. I just can't wait to see what NBA Twitter says once the champion yeah. is crowned because you know they're going to go off. That's, you know there's going to be some hate. You know there's yeah. going to be some hate, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of NBA Twitter, let's get into what's going down on NBA Twitter. Did you just... I can't believe... Yes. Yes, you really tweeted that out. NBA Twitter, you are undefeated. These are hot takes from this crazy-ass community we all take part in. Some I agree with, some I don't, but all are debatable. Just, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. All right, so the first tweet is about your boy CP3. This is from Complex Sports, (laughs) at Complex Sports, and they had a countdown, I guess the best players of all time. They had CP3 at 30, and they said, it's time to give CP3 his flowers. A lot of people might bring up him being ranked over Steve. Steve Nash, more points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, better PER, win shares, and defensively, it's not close. They have your boy at 30, best player of all time. What do you think about that? I got to go through the numbers again, but are they saying he's before Steve Nash or after Steve Nash? He's over Steve Nash. He's better than Steve Nash. Oh, okay, because I agree with that, because I think they're tripping if, if they think uh, Steve Nash is better than Chris Paul, because I'm taking Chris Paul 10 times out of 10. I understand Steve Nash got two MVPs. They love mm-hmm. bringing that up. I understand. 
But one of those MVPs were Kobe's. We do know that. Facts. Let's be clear. <laughs> That's <laughs> one, true. One of those were Kobe's. And then one of them, Steve Nash, had a phenomenal a dream season. Right. And, and took the league by storm. So you got to give him credit there. But as a total package of a point guard, to, more, to me, Chris Ball is better. To me, passing is kind of washed between those two. As a scorer, I think CP3's uh, offensive versatility, uh, he's more versatile offensively. Um, and he's way better defensively, as we know. Um, six-time steals champ, four-time steals champ, I mean assist champ. Um, and I know he's higher than Steve Nash, I believe, on the all-time assists. I believe, or oh, he's about to catch up to Steve Nash. I know, know CP3 is seventh, but um, they try to play my boy, man. But Wash, too. Wash, too. Um, and I got I got CP on that list. Uh, 30. I probably got to go through my list again, but I feel like that's about fair right that's now. That seems about right. He definitely I, has I, to have. He, he'd yeah. be like 25, 30, something like that. I would have to I have to go through the list as well. Um, but yeah, that's, but that, that seems, seems about, about fair. Can we give CP3 some credit? Yeah, I feel like it's you and I battling for this dude on Twitter. Half It's just me and you. I don't yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. why people don't like this dude. But look, look at OKC right now. OKC is in the playoffs, comfortably in the playoffs at that, strictly because of this man. Like, I know they have Danilo. I know they have some nice pieces. Like, SGA has been nice. But, I mean, his leadership has been remarkable. And everyone wrote him off last year during the playoffs they thought he was washed they thought he was done and you know i'm a fan of dan tony but i wasn't a fan of the way dan tony used cp3 last year i think it was criminal you have one yeah. of the best point cards ever you're not putting the ball in his hands like what are you doing like yeah that's that's one of the most absurd things i've ever I, i've ever seen last year was i understand you want to have james harden and go isolation because he's great in isolation but you also have one of the best playmakers to ever do it on your team give him the damn ball and i think that kind of formed this false perception that he was washed he wasn't washed he just wasn't getting the opportunities that he usually does get he came back healthy 100% and he's leading the team that frankly no one thought would do anything into a mid seed in the, in the playoffs I think it's remarkable and I hope they win a series it would be great if they won a series against the Rockets that would be hilarious oh man <laughs> and, and that's you no know, I would yeah, yeah I, that is something I, I, I hope they see each other in the first round because I don't think both of them <laughs> nah, get nah, to nah, the second round I can't, I, can't ha- I can't handle that that early man not early that early um, in the playoffs I can, I can. Uh, I'm being selfish right now. I don't give a damn. I want to see that. I want to see CP3 knock off the Rockets because that would be great. And my boy Gallo too. Um, you know, I still have a soft spot. I like for Gallo. Him. Yeah. So, so yeah. I just shout I out to CP3. Your boy, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, man, broke my heart when we traded him for Mello. Let's not get into that. Next tweet <laughs> <laughs> comes from Nathan Mike UXL. He says. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are who NBA fans thought Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are. Wow. Now, for those who don't know or have any background on Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert contracted uh, the COVID virus. He was the first one to contract it. That shut down the whole NBA. Donovan Mitchell was kind of mad at him. I wouldn't say kind of. He was mad at him because he thought Rudy was kind of being nonchalant with the safety of it all. He, you know, there was a video of Rudy Gobert touching all the microphones with all the uh, reporters, uh, pretending that he he had the virus. So. And it, it apparently it strained the relationship. And I don't know where the Jazz go from here, but do you believe that relationship is damaged beyond repair? Damage beyond repair? I don't think it's beyond repair, but I think it is fractured. Honestly, I feel like it's because they haven't seen each other. I think once they get around each other and, and they start playing basketball and maybe if they have one talk, I think they'll be okay. But I do think the Jazz probably eventually have to move on from this tandem. But I don't really believe right now because I don't think it's that 
I, well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because we haven't seen how they interacted with each other. I feel like right. we have to see that first. I think they can get over. I think Donovan Mitchell can get over this for right now. I feel like. Yeah, I do too. I think he should what get over it too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, yeah. I at that time Rudy was going. I I don't agree with what Rudy was doing or how he acted during that press conference. But at the same time, at that point in time, we didn't know anything about the virus except that it was coming over to our yeah. country. Our, our government didn't give us much on what was going on. It didn't seem to be affecting everybody. Now that's not an excuse to act dumb, and it's not an excuse to make a lot of the situation. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can be mad at Rudy for that long. And plus, we don't even know how Rudy got it. You know what I'm saying? He could get, he could have got it from Donovan yeah. for all we know because Donovan did have it. We don't we don't know how it would have happened. We don't know how Rudy got it. Um, at the end of the day, that's your teammate. I think they had a good relationship before that. I think it's worth patching up. The second part of this tweet, though, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Now, a lot of people think there's some friction between them, and they insist that there isn't. And there's a lot of talks in the media about breaking these two up. I think they should keep it together for as long as possible because it's not every day you come around two players on the same team who had this type of talent. But, you know, there are reports that they don't really get along. What do you think about them as a duo? And, and do you think that they should split them up? Um, I do think they should split them up, but I do think they should give them another year to prove themselves as in this year and maybe next year. Okay. But I think they made the mistake with, I think they made the mistake with what they put around them. And that's why <clears throat> their games, um, don't mesh to me. To me, their games don't mesh, but their games can work. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they can make it work with the proper pieces around them. But to me, their games don't really mesh. And then most importantly to me, their personalities don't mesh. And that's why I think they don't really have that chemistry that they need on the court. I think uh, Ben Simmons, we know, is a lot was a more quieter guy. Uh, Joel Embiid is more jokey. And uh, to me, he doesn't take things as serious, I think, as he should. Um, and but I think maybe they might be better off apart rather than together, especially with the team they got built around now. And I think they can get a favorable package for either one of them, but it's going to be really tough to decide which one to trade. That's going to be a really, really hard decision. That's hard. And I really don't even know. I don't even want to be a part of that decision. I, I do not envy the 76er front office. You know, if Ben Simmons yeah. just would have got a jump shot, none of this would would matter. I mean, if he could just shoot the True. ball. If, exactly. if, if you would just shoot, the, just attempt, just attempt. Just attempt a three little, here and there. Man. Not one, not th- not one three a, a season. Just attempt a three a game. Just do it. Just do, spread the floor. Become a decent shooter. You don't have to be, you know, this three point threat all the time. Just shoot. You, you shot low thirties. I mean, Russell Westbrook jacks up threes all the time. He's a terrible three point shooter, but you still kind of have to respect it because you know if he gets hot that he can take over a game. You know, just develop something like that, Ben, so you can give Joel some space, so you can add some dimensions to your offense. I am so ashamed that I fell for summer workout, Ben. Simmons. Like, I didn't fall for Hoodie Oh, Mello. you fell for it too? I fell for it, bro. <laughs> I fell for summer workout Ben Simmons. Like, oh, he got a shot now. It's over. Oh, it's over. Listen, it's man. over. Listen, Josh. I, I told I told my boys, if I don't see Ben Simmons in the gym with C. Brickley, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, man. He was not in C. Brickley gym. I, oh, I man. It. Yeah, I got to catch. I got to take the L on this one, man. I was mad hype. This is even more embarrassing in my preseason predictions. <laughs> I had him as MVP. I mean, yo, Dark Horse MVP, Ben Simmons. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. yeah. <laughs> I was that high. I'm like, Sixers are going to the finals. Ben Simmons is winning MVP. I had Kyrie, man. I had Kyrie MVP. I was Damn. out the window too. It's all good. Yeah. That, listen, that's that's what that's what hot takes are. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Give bold predictions. So I ain't mad at it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Played more than twenty games. He could have had a chance. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Next year, possibly. Who yeah. knows? Durant coming back. Maybe Kyrie. We'll, Lisa. See. we'll see. We'll see. All right, Jess. Well, 
thanks for coming on, man. It's been it's been fun. It's been real. I definitely wanted to get a great guest on for my comeback. It's been a while, and I know you know your stuff. I know you know how to podcast, man. So I appreciate you coming on. Let everybody know where they can follow you on uh, social media, your podcast, all that good stuff. Bro, I appreciate you uh, for inviting me on as always, man. It's always a pleasure when we link up. You can find me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 503. IG is the same. Follow me there. Um, Josh, you definitely got to come on soon. I need you up. I need you uh, to pull up in a few weeks. Absolutely. Maybe I might be in there in LA or maybe over here we do it on the phone again. We'll see. Absolutely. But um, most definitely, brother. I appreciate you uh, for the invite as always, man. And uh, let me know what your people say about the heat, man, because I know they're going to be hating on me with that. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some hate over there. Um, listen, if, if you have something to say to Jess or you want to talk about the heat, you can call into the Dime Hotline, 805-826-3463. I'm Josh Rodriguez, at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. The Dime is at The Dime NBA. If you have Apple Podcasts, please give the show five stars. It helps a lot. Leave a review. That helps a lot. All that good stuff. So until yes, next, please yes. do that. Yeah, and do it for Above the Rim as well. Go find Justice Podcast above the rim. <laughs> give it five stars. Leave a review. That helps. People don't understand how much that helps. <laughs> but um, we always talk about that. We man. always helps, do. Man. We always do. <laughs> so next week, I don't know who I'm going to have on, but I'll let you guys know on social media, all that good stuff. And until then, I'll see you next time on the dime. <laughs>